11. Luke chapter 11. Let's get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Are you there? All right, Luke 11, and we're going to read uh, verses 5 through 10. You have it? Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within and say, do not trouble me, for the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Praise the Lord. Father God, thank you tonight for the opportunity we have now to hear and uh, respond to your word. I pray, Father, that every heart would be ready to receive the seed of the word. Let the seed, Lord, fall on good ground, be planted in good ground, and produce the hundredfold return that you've empowered that word seed to produce in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. All right. We're talking tonight about persistent faith. This is part two of persistent faith. Everybody say persistent faith. All right. We've been looking at uh, the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. Now, God, the kingdom of God is, is this uh, perfect life that God has provided for us to enjoy. I talked about that. Uh, God, when he first uh, planted the Garden of Eden, put man in the Garden of Eden, it was a life of perfection, right? Yes, nothing was wrong. Nothing was missing. Nothing was lacking. Nothing was broken. There was no, in, uh, no enmity, no animosity. There was no hatred. There was no war. There was no strife. There was no curse. There was no lack. There was no debt. There was no poverty. There was no sickness, no disease, no anger, no frustration, no confusion, nothing, nothing, nothing bad, nothing evil at all until Adam ruined everything. Right? right. Adam ruined everything by uh, eating of that fruit. Amen? It was, we like to blame it on Eve, but it wasn't Eve's fault. Right? The Bible says uh, Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. So that means Adam ate, knew, he knew what he was doing. So, you know, we like to pick on Eve, but it's really Adam's fault. <laughs> Amen? Now, but Jesus Christ, the, the last Adam came and reintroduced the kingdom to us. Okay, so he brought back no curse, no lack, no debt, no poverty, no sickness, no disease, no anger, no frustration, no confusion, no strife, no bitterness, no wrath, no malice, no all it. Jesus brought it all back. He brought back a perfect life. I came that you might have life and that you might have it. How? More abundantly, right? Okay, so we've been looking at this scripture, Romans uh, 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right standing with God. So you and I have right standing. I know this is a review, but just keep, stay with me. 
And y'all know this already, right? Right standing, right, right level with God. We're, we're on par with God. We can approach God. We can look God eyeball to eyeball. I didn't get it, but anybody seen me. I said we can look God eyeball to eyeball. We can look God right in the eye. That's what right standing is. Don't go toe-to-toe with God. Go eye-to-eye with God. Toe-to-toe with God, you're going to get smacked down, but you look God eye-to-eye, right? Because we, are, we are, have right standing with God. So the kingdom of God is this right standing. That's what Adam had before he fell. That's why Adam and God were able to fellowship every day, just hang out every day, right? So we have that peace. Iran ain't nothing missing, lacking, or broken in our lives whatsoever. It's a perfection. It's, it's security, safety, felicity, happiness, prosperity. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Ha ha. Right? That joy that's, that is our strength. Okay, so we have that now. And the kingdom of God is, is a beautiful kingdom. Amen. Now, we were talking about this this morning, uh, either in prayer or after prayer, about how you have to switch systems. The kingdom of God is a totally different system than you and I were born into. You and I were born into the earth realm. You and I were born into this human system. It's a human way of thinking, a human way of looking at everything, a human outlook on on the earth. And so when you and I get born again, we have to, if we're going to be successful, we have to switch systems. Most people even come to church uh, and even they get born again but never switch systems. They are, they are in church, they're now saved, but they still operate just like the world. They still think like the world. They still talk like the world. They still act like the world. They still believe like the world. They still expect like the world. See, your insight determines your outlook. Your insight determines your outlook. And if you don't have kingdom insight, you won't have a kingdom outlook. The reason I see things differently out there is because I see things differently in here. I have insight into the word of God. Did y'all catch that? I have insight into the word of God and because of my spiritual insight, it gives me a totally different outlook. So, so I can look at the same issue as, some, as one of my counterparts who's either not born again uh, or born again and that's all he is. In other words, there are three of us standing here. Somebody who's not born again, they're natural. Somebody who is born again, but they're still carnal. And me, I am born again, but I'm spiritual. First Corinthians 2 gives you three different kinds of people on the planet. There's a natural person who's not born again at all. All they have is a worldly outlook. Then you have a bo- person who is born again, but they've not, uh, they're not led by the Spirit of God. So they're still carnal. They're, carnal really literally means a meathead. Carne, it's meathead. They're, they're still, you got, you, so you got the church full of meatheads. They, they still, they, they, don't have, they don't have a spiritual insight. So then thus they don't have a spiritual outlook any different than the world does. So the three of us can see the same situation, but the two of them are going to look at it the same. But I'm going to see it differently because of my insight. So you have to get a kingdom of God insight, and the only way you get that is from the word of God. So I know we read a lot of scriptures and preach a lot and talk a lot, and we talk about a lot about the word, but that's the only way you're going to change your insight, which allows you to now have a different outlook. So when famine comes, you, your outlook is different. When bad tidings come, because your outlook is different, your heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord, Psalm 112. 
Got it? Yes. All right. So we have a different insight. That comes from seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Bible says we do that. All these things should be added to us. Now, let me keep going here. First Peter 1 verse 4. Throw it on the screen for me, please. Y'all just write it down. First Peter 1 4 says, in fact, give me verse, uh, let's start at verse 2. Verse 2. Glory to God. Verse, verse 1. Yeah, we better start at verse 1. Hallelujah. Yeah, just put all, whole 25 up there. There we go. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, uh, Asia, Bithynia. Keep going, please. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you, that's the ability of God to you, and peace, that's that same irene from the kingdom, is be multiplied. If peace is just on you, you're already in a good shape right here. But he said, let that peace, security, safety, prosperity, felicity, happiness be multiplied. All right? Keep going. Verse 3, please. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. We're, we've been born again. See, we were born once in, from our mama into this planet. But we've now been born again. Born of the water and of the spirit. Right? Okay. Uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. Here it is. Verse 4. To an inheritance this is what you have. This is why you can't fret about money. Because you have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Y'all got this? So you have, see the problem with, the difference between that guy, natural guy, this guy, the carnal guy, and me, the spiritual guy. Are you one of the spiritual people too? So us, the spiritual folk, is that those two live on their income. They budget off their income. They try to figure out how they're going to live a hundred, well, see if they can live 80 years, 90 years off their income. So they plan on Social Security, 401K, and pension. They do all that kind of stuff based on their income. They figure out what kind of house they ever expect to live in based on their income. Whatever kind of car they think they're going to drive and have based on their income. But we... I don't know if it's all of we, so I'm just... Few of us live off of our inheritance. Now that's outlook. Based on insight. So when you have that kind of insight, you don't, you're not worried about, well, I'm about to turn 63. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? You ain't think about that. Abraham wasn't worried he turned 63. Abraham wasn't thinking about pension when he was 85. I better come over here. Abraham wasn't even giving a lick about that. Abraham just kept increasing every year, every year, every year, every year, every year. Isaac got richer and richer by the day, by the day, by the day, by the day, by the day. See, that guy and that guy retire. This guy never retires. I'm not talking about from a job. 
you are always being fruitful and multiplying. You never stop. You don't turn it off when you turn 62. What's the age now? 55, 62, whatever. I don't know what the age is. Too early. I know it's too early. It's way too early. It's way too early to not be productive. Yeah, you can't get away from that calling just because you retire. You're called to be fruitful and multiply. You sit in your butt, you're going to die. You don't get away from God's divine command just because you retired off a job. He didn't say you'd be fruitful and multiply on a job. It had nothing to do with a job. See, but that's perspective. It's outlook based on an insight. So you and I are supposed to be living off of this inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, that's reserved in heaven for you. So if I told you, hey, Deacon, Deacon Mac, I have a, a, a Cadillac XT6 reserved for you, what you going to do? You're going to get it. You're going to find out. You want to find out how do I get it? It's reserved for me? Yes. I got, a, I got a six bedroom, seven and a half bath mansion, a four car garage reserved for you, Tamara. What, what you want to do? You, you want to know how do I get it? Now, okay, now watch. That guy, everybody say carnal man. Carnal man don't know anything about it. He don't even believe that. Natural man knows about, oh, I'm sorry, that's natural man. Natural man don't know anything about it. Everybody say natural man. Natural man don't know anything about it. All he knows about what he can get him in three bedroom, two bathroom house for a uh, 30 year, uh, 40 year mortgage and see if he can hope. hope yeah, that's what he's doing now. See if he can, hopefully he can pay it off before he dies. That's all he's thinking about. And then hopefully he think he, you know, when he die, he think, he think it's all over. He just dissolved the dust, ain't no afterlife. Carnal man. Dun, 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 dun. Carnal man. Carnal man believes in an inheritance, but he don't, he don't know that he can get the inheritance now. So he's, he's going to go get the 30-year mortgage too. Hopefully he paid off before he dies, but he's thinking, even if I die, I got a mansion up in the sky. One of these days I'm going to walk on the streets of gold. One of these days I'm going to put on a new robe. So all he think about is over yonder inheritance. So in the natural, Jesus, I'm preaching better than y'all let me know. So in the natural way of life, some of y'all don't like this, but I don't care. You better hear what I'm saying. In the natural way of life, he's living no differently than this guy. But the spiritual man has a different insight. He knows that that inheritance is not for them. When it's reserved, I, it's reserved for me just so nobody else gets it. That I don't have to wait to heaven to get it. In heaven just tells me where to find it. In heaven tells me where I got to get it from. Ephesians 1 verse 3, throw it on the screen. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Has blessed us. Has blessed us. Spiritual man know he has blessed me. 
carnal man say, well, one day he gonna bless me. One day when I get over yonder, one day in the sweet by and by. Natural man don't know jack. They get the same outcome. They have the same lifestyle. But spiritual man who knows the things of God, who spends time seeking God's kingdom, he learns about an inheritance and he gets around some other people who know about an inheritance and sits down here is teaching and he learns this inheritance is mine and I can have it now. Y'all got it? Can I keep going? All right, now, James 2 and verse 5. Now, we just read in 1 Peter 1, 4 that we have an inheritance that's reserved for us. Inheritance reserved for us. Say there's an inheritance, there's an inheritance. reserved in heaven, reserved in heaven. For, me. for me. Say it again, for me. For me. It's got my name on it. You understand? You understand? This not, not just some general, in general terms, oh, it's, it's, a, it's inheritance for all of us. No, it's reserved for you. You. Well, Pastor, I don't mean you personal. Well, aren't you included in the you? If, if, even if it's you general, aren't, it, doesn't it take a bunch of personal you's to make up the general you? So don't just generalize it. Make it yours personally. There's a, an inheritance reserved in heaven for me. I have to know how to live off that inheritance and not live off my income. Because my income, my job ain't going to do it. Tell your neighbor, your job ain't going to do it. Tell them, tell them. They, they're not sure. Tell me your job ain't going to do it. I know you got a nice job and you get your little paycheck from time to time, but that ain't going to do it. That's, that's, that's pittance compared to your inheritance. I don't care if you six figures, seven figures. That's pittance compared to your inheritance. I got a good job. That's, that's child's play. God can shake out the fold of one of his pockets and fold out more money than you make your whole lifetime. Just, the Bible says in Psalm 65, his paths drip with abundance. His paths just drip with abundance. Everywhere God goes, God can just shake out the cover of his pants and he'll shake out $40 million out the cover of his pants and you talk about $50 an hour. I don't impress by no $50 an hour. Yeah, my wife and I, we were having lunch yesterday. We were talking about, uh, what's that prince? What's his name? What's the stupid one? Oh, Harry. Harry. That's the stupid one. Prince Harry, the stupid one. Don't, don't be offended when I say that. Just, he's a stupid one. You know why he's stupid? He went and married a non-royal. He's stupid. Oh, he married a beautiful American black girl. Stupid. She disrupted his whole royal life. He about to lose all his royal inheritance. Hope of love. Stupid. Talking about we'll move to Canada. Well, how are you going to pay your bills now, uh, Mr. Harry? Because you never paid bills your whole life. You never had a bill. They ain't never supposed to have a bill. You're a royal. You're, you live off inheritance. You're in a kingdom, Harry. 
Oh, but we're going to show that we can make it. Prove it. What, what, you, what you know how to do? You know how to change tires? You know how to uh, fix light? What you, you know how to dig? What you, what you know how to cook? What you, what you know how to do, bro? I know some of y'all black folk upset that I said that about your girl. I don't care. See, what problem is, problem is you still, you still, you still don't understand kingdom. You don't understand kingdom. That's why you still struggle. That's why the Bible tells you, kingdom person, do not be unequally yoked together with an unkingdom person. Second Corinthians six fourteen, I think that's what that says. Don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever or a non-kingdom person. Because <laughs> they'll have, they'll have you working for a living. You're supposed to be working for no living. <laughs> All right, let's go back to this. Let me get back on point here. James two verse five. James 2, verse 5. So we have an inheritance. Everybody say, I have an inheritance preserved in heaven for me. All right, James chapter 2, verse 5. It says, listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the who? Poor of this world, is naturally poor of this world, to be rich in or rich through what? Faith. Faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. So all of a sudden we see now that this inheritance, God has some people he's trying to especially get it to. He's trying, he's really, you know, God, God, he'll, he'll, he'll bless a rich person. He'll, a person already has material wealth, but he's really looking for those ones who come in with nothing and raise them up. You know why? Because then he's going to get all the glory. He's going to get all the honor. Because when you all of a sudden, you were here poor and didn't have a dime and didn't have a pot and didn't have nothing. The next thing you know, you living in a mansion and people say, well, how did that, what, 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 what happened? What happened? God did this. Then God gets the glory. God gets the honor. So if you're, if you're, if, see what the devil will do is he'll let you come to church like this and, and try to, try to make you disqualify yourself by, by making you think, well, you don't have enough to even get there. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly why God arranged for you to get here because you're the prime target for his love, his goodness. He wants to demonstrate his power through you. Got it? He said, so he's chosen a poor to be rich in faith and so most poor folk don't know that they are heirs. I'm talking about the ones who are saved, spirit-filled. Not, not even, not the carnal Christians. Spiritual folk. See, the carnal ones have no clue that they're, they have this inheritance. So they're stuck Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. And take a break on weekend. Monday, go back and do the same thing. Working nine to five. Maybe, maybe hope to get a vacation once, once every while and then go back. Working nine to this. Hope to do that 30 years, 40 years. And then hopefully I can buy myself out of a job. But if I didn't do well enough, I got to go and, you know, 
hand out bags at Walmart or whatever I got to do. Or just, you know, hope, hopefully the government will take good care of me and all that kind of stuff. That's not the way God designed for us to live. He chose the poor of this world to be rich in or rich through faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. Does anybody love him? Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of, of, of men the things that God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But he has revealed them to us, verse 10, by his spirit. You keep going in 1 Corinthians 2, that's down in verse 14. It says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Neither can he discern them because they are, they are spiritually discerned. He can't know them. See this, so all what I'm talking about, you don't want to, don't, I, I trust none of you all in here are natural, unsaved, but don't be carnal. Because if you're going to be carnal, you're going to live and die just like, like mere men. You got it? So everybody say, I have an inheritance. I'm an heir of the kingdom. My inheritance is reserved in heaven for me. It's got my name on it. There's a house with your name on it, a car with your name on it. Well, I saw it. Yeah, but it's reserved. The reservation is marked down in heaven. Even if the house is on here on this earth, there's a reservation is in heaven. Because you can't just go take somebody's house. You got to go through a spiritual transaction to get that house released to you. <laughs> Glory to God. Y'all still with me? Now let's look at Colossians chapter 1, 3 through 5 in the Passion Translation, please. Write it down. Colossians 1. Three through five. Now, because the question everybody has is, at least what I'll have is, well, how do I get that inheritance? Right? Well, that, that's what I want to know. I don't just want to praise God, Pastor, that I got me an inheritance. Well, I get it. How I land that thing? I don't want to wait till I get the glory. Find out all I had. What? I was living like that, and I could have been living like that. I'm telling you, most Christians are going to be shocked. They're going to have the sugar shock rent out of them when they get to heaven. What? You have what? With my name on it. Wouldn't that be a shame if you get an AC? That's your name. That was mine? Yes. <laughs> Colossians 1, 3 through 5 in the Passion Translation. Oh, my father's house are many mansions. Yes, in his house. It is say in heaven. Huh? In my father's house. It is say in heaven are many mansions. Do you not know we are the temple of God? So in his house. On this earth are many mansions. Oh, but he said no. Jesus, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yes, he did. When he died, he went down into hell, and then he went up to, to, the, to, the, to the throne room. He went up there, and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. He prepared a place for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
not for up there. Because I'm not sure if you know this, but you know we're not going to spend eternity up there. You know that, right? We're going to spend eternity here. John, John said in Revelation 21, Behold, I see a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God out of heaven. We're going to spend eternity here. Boy, I hope this is puncturing that religious balloon you've been carrying around your whole life. Every time we pray for you, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, for we have heard, watch this, of your devoted lives of faith. Now, what are we talking about tonight again? Persistent faith. So your devoted lives of faith, lives of faith, not your acts of faith, your lives of faith. Too many times people, Christians are trying to, uh, I'm going to step out on faith. You don't, you don't have to step out on faith when you're always walking by faith. Step out on faith, that's okay, and I'm a, that means that mean I'm going to get in faith, then I'm going to go back to natural. I'm going to do this by the spirit this time, then I'm going to go back to my natural way of doing things. I'm going to be spiritual now, and I'm going to go right back to being carnal. You don't have to step out on faith. You walk by faith. The just, four times the Bible says, the just live by faith. Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews. The just live by faith. So he says here, your devoted lives of faith. Your devoted lives of faith. Are you living by faith? That was a question. Are you living by faith? Okay. So he says, for we have heard of your devoted lives of faith. We're about to answer your question right here, Lynette. In Christ Jesus and your tender love toward all his holy believers. Verse 5. Your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. Jesus, y'all just missed a big place to jump. He just said your faith and love rise within you as you access. Y'all missed it. Maybe I should quit already. We just talked about we got this inheritance reserved in heaven for us. We've been made heirs of the kingdom of God. And I'm trying to figure out how to get it. He just told us that your devoted life of faith is how you access. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for y'all to catch it. Y'all probably still pondering. I understand now. I understand. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm patient. That's when I first saw that. I was like, what? So that's what y'all probably looking at now like, What? Your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures. How many of y'all want to have access? If I told you, hey, there's a, an account with a billion dollars in it, but I don't give you access to it, what good is it to you? If I tell you, okay, when you die, you get it, what good is that to you? That's the reason a lot of people don't, even, don't ever buy life insurance. I ain't buying life insurance. It ain't going to do me no good when I'm dead. That's more like death insurance. Here's the reality. 
Jesus died already for you and me to have access to our inheritance. What happens many times when a person dies and the children are of, they're under age, they place the money in a trust, trust funds. They leave it in such a way that the child has to mature to a certain place where they can now have access to it. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 says that the, the, the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different, lives no different than a slave, though he's the master of the whole estate. But when you and I grow up, now we can have access. And the, and the more mature we, thank you, Jesus, God, I'm about shut up. The more mature we are, the more access we have. Whoo! And the more we prove ourselves faithful in the little, the more access we have to the much. Jesus. So Colossians 1 verse 5 again in the, in the Passion Translation. Let's look at this. Let's, let's make sure our, y'all help me make, make sure I'm not seeing this incorrectly. I could be reading this wrong. I got a lot of preachers in here. Y'all preachers help me and the lay members to make sure I'm not seeing this incorrectly. Your faith and love rise, because remember we go, go back to verse 4 now, because verse 4 talked about your devoted lives of faith and your tender love. So you got to, remember, faith works by love. So you can't be walking in faith and not walk in love. If you're going to walk in faith, you got to have love to undergird your faith. Faith without love you, is not going to work. Your faith is powered by your love. You got it? Because if you don't, you'll use faith just for you. I don't care about all them homeless kids. You'll ask and you'll ask amiss. Or you'll ask and you have not because you want to heap it all on to yourselves, to your own lust. Got it? So love has to abound in your heart. Glory to God. Love must be there. Love must be there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For we have heard of your devoted lives of faith in Christ Jesus and your tender love toward all his holy believers, verse 5. Your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. That's just what we read in Ephesians 1.4 about our blessings in heavenly places. So our treasures are stored up. Treasures, your treasures are stored up, stored up, stored up before you got here. God had treasures, yeah, you born rich. God had treasures stored up before you ever arrived on this planet. But the condition of this world from the enemy is to make you work for your living. Struggle and toil, trying to make it on your own. And God is saying, my dear child, will you please stop that and let me show you what I have stored up for you. I was planning on you being here. You didn't surprise me when you were born to this planet. You didn't sneak into this earth. I was planning on you being here. And because I was planning on you being here, I already had treasure stored up in the heavenly realm with your name on it. Janika, you became a grandmother... Uh, early this year, May 27th, right? I know that's because that's my wife and I, that's our anniversary. 
so the baby has a blessed birthday. That's why we don't have God children, but if we were to have one, that would probably be one. But before she was born, she's looking at me. She know I'm talking about it. Before, she, before Talia was born, had you already stored up things for her? To the point, Pastor came in and tell you to stop. You got, bought all kind of clothes, bought all kind of stuff, just stuff, just stored up. So how ridiculous would it be for Talia to come at the womb and, oh, I need clothes. Where am I going to live? Where am I, how am I going to eat? How am I going to eat? How am I going to drink? How am I going to be clothed? You know that that's ridiculous, right? And God is saying, my dear child, your heavenly father knows you have all need of all these things. So I want you to stop crying and, and worry about those things and let me take care of you. Let me show you the storehouse that's already filled with treasures of your inheritance that's stored up in the heavenly realm and might I add, for you. I heard Deacon Robert telling me this a few weeks ago. Deacon Robert and Pauline, they're about to be grandparents here. And uh, Deacon said, oh, Pastor, I'm a, I'm a, I ain't going to tell you a mouth. He's telling me he's he going to put some money away for his grandson. Big, big chunk of money. That's good, man. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, when, when Robert the third is born, are you going to take that check and hand it to him? No. <laughs> take that cash here. Here you go, grandson. I love you. You're the apple of my eye. Or are you going to put it away somewhere, store it up, so when he's mature enough to handle it, that's what Father God has done and does for us. He's a good, good father. That's who you are. Come on. Praise God. Are y'all being helped by this so far? So, for the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of, of our glorious hope, now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. The revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope. So, it's real today. You see what God did for Abraham? It's as real today. See what God did for Isaac and Jacob? It's as real today. What God did for David and Solomon? It's as real today. It hadn't changed. Y'all got it? All right, now. Now. So we, we can then surmise that faith, glory to God, gives you full access to your kingdom inheritance. You might want to write that down. Faith gives me full access to my kingdom inheritance. Faith gives me full access. Full access. Oh, I encourage you, if you're not in that circle of faith class, you ought to get in it. Because the circle of faith book in that class will teach you how to go round and round how to land. Boom. 
I land a piece of my inheritance. Yeah. Boom, I land a piece. He's, he's, he's non-stop. He's relentless. Continuous, consistent. But if we're, he can't overcome, the Bible says, 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So if, the vict, if, if faith will overcome the world, which that's from the enemy, of the enemy, he's not talking about if faith overcomes gravity. You understand that? He's not talking about gravity. He's talking about you overcoming the world system, the system run by Satan. So if faith will overcome the world, Satan's system, then that means he cannot stop you. He cannot defeat you if you persist in your faith. What has held us back, man, this is answering people's questions online. What has held us back is our lack of persistence. We have quit too easily, back off of our faith too easily. When you first had the idea for believing God for that house or whatever, and you backed off too easy, time elapsed, and you backed off. Believe in God for something restored, something fixed, something whatever it is. And, and just lack of persistence on our end yielded to the, to the abundance of persistence on the devil's end. It's opposing forces. His force is not stronger than your force. Your faith will overcome his whole system. John 16, 33, Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, the whole world system. Matter of fact, put John 16, 33 on the screen in the Amplified. John 16, 33 in the Amplified for me, please. Glory to God. Y'all help me preach tonight. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace, Elder Bacon. And confidence. In the world or in the world system, the world things going on, you, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undone. Watch this. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. What? Conquer it for you, deprive it of power. That would be like that would be like if my son got into a fight with a bully. No, he doesn't have any. He doesn't, he doesn't, my son doesn't get bullied. But if if he did, I'm just saying, just perhaps he did, and he told me. He told me, right? Well, I'm gonna become an, an enemy to his enemy and an adversary to his adversary. I'm, you know, I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. Father baptized running for my life. But if my son, my daughter, my wife get threatened, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn into Rambo on you. I'm just I'm just telling you, I'm just I'm gonna bring out some ha 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 on you. And I don't mean speaking in tongues, I'm gonna be some ha ha. Right? 
I'm going to come with it, right? <laughs> Listen, one time, my, 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 our oldest daughter was in second grade. Second grade. Second grade. Second grade. Second grade. She, she was six. The little girl was seven years old. Second grade. And Lexus came. Oh, oh my. I didn't even say her name. Child came home and said, a little girl in the bathroom jumped on her back and bit her in the back. Did you bite my daughter? The next day I showed up at that school. I wasn't looking for the principal. I wasn't looking for the teacher. I'm looking for that. Show me the little girl. Show me the little girl. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for my wife. Okay, hey, 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 hey. Because I'm, I'm about to unload on a seven-year-old girl. You don't touch my baby. I, I did unload on the vice principal. I did. And they're teaching everybody, all the adults, they did get unloaded on. Not physical. Hey, if you confess your sins to him, it's faithful and just to forgive you sins and to cleanse you from all of the righteousness. Praise God. I'm forgiven. But had I caught the girl, what I would have done, put John 16:33 back on the screen. Now hit back, because I need you to see this. I know, I know they're they trying, they trying to, I know they're doing, I know I see. Amplify John 16:33. Because if I had gotten the girl, what I would have done, I probably would not have just obliterated her. I probably would have uh, conquered her for our daughter and, and deprived her of her power and then held her down and said, now you get her, get her. Get her, whoop her butt, whoop her tail. Whoop her tail, bite her all over her neck, bite her everywhere, bite her. You better take some meat home with you too. You've been there. <laughs> if you're a parent, you've been there, man. You've been there. You just. No, you ain't touched my baby arm. <laughs> Jesus said, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So the devil cannot whoop you another day in your life. He has no power to harm you. The world system has no power to harm you. The only difference between you and your victory is persistence. Because the devil is persistent. And what he tries to find, you know, the Bible says that we have an adversary. The devil goes by as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know whom he may devour? It's the one that's not persistent. It's the one who, at first lick, ah! <laughs> you get slapped one time, ah! but that one who say, what? what? Ah! 
You know what I'm saying? Praise God. Oh, man. Man, I'm, I'm way behind here. Persist means continue firmly establishing an opinion or a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. Right? I, y'all, y'all have seen that before, right? So then persistent faith must be firm and stubborn belief and actions in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. Now remember we read here that in 1 Peter 1, 4, we have an inheritance reserve, inheritance reserve for us, right? James 2, 5, if we're rich in faith, we also are also heirs of the kingdom, right? Colossians 1, 3 through 5, in the, in the Passion, we read that because of our devoted lives of faith, we have access to the treasures of our inheritance, right? So if you want to now manifest anything, anything out of the kingdom of God, you must have persistent faith. If you want to manifest anything out of the kingdom of God, you must have persistent faith. How many of y'all remember this? This picture just came to me. I remember as kids uh, trying to dig a hole, dig a hole in your backyard, and you trying to go to China. At least that's what your parents ask you. Were you trying to go to China? Anybody ever tried that? Some of us, some of us start with a water hose, put a water hose in the, all of a sudden you get, oh, oh, the water hose stuck, oh, Lord, oh, I'm going get a beating, Lord. I'm now, I just want to just make sure you understand, you would not have been able to dig to China. You would not have been able to, Okay. Oh, no, Pastor, I'm persistent. Well, the earth, in the center of the earth, there's hell. <laughs> so you would have got stuck. You would have been trying to get back on top of the earth. But anything you do and you persist at it, you're going to make great strides. You're going to, you follow what I'm saying? So to, to access your kingdom inheritance, those things that are reserved for you, if you remain persistent, you'll, you'll, you'll break through. Um, I heard Dr. Bill Winston say this a few years ago about the kingdom of God, or he really said heaven. He said it's, he described it as being like a membrane away. You know what a membrane is? M-E-M-B-R-A-N-E? Membrane? It's just a little thin layer that separates two areas within your body. He said heaven is really just a membrane away. In other words, you and I should be living in the reality that we are, we are in the kingdom now and we have access to everything now. And so it's just a membrane away. So you don't, you don't have to be reaching way out there for something. The kingdom of God is within you. What has to happen, though, to break through, or to, to, yeah, to break through, I'll, I'll use that if you allow, that membrane is persistence. Not because the membrane is tough, 
but because the membranes in your brain are tough. You ever heard of, somebody used to have a song, Insane in the Membrane? Who was that? Beastie Boys, one of them, Insane? That's all right, don't worry about it. Insane in the Membrane? I don't want y'all to think about it. In other words, there's barriers you got to get past in your soul. Your soul doesn't like difficulty, opposition, or failure. Your soul wants everything easy. So we have to come along, and the Bible calls us, men and women of God, helpers of your faith. Thank God for helpers of our faith who come along to stir up your faith and remind you and show you this is not as hard as you think. It's not as hard as it feels. It's just you have to just be persistent. Just keep going. Just keep doing it. Just keep just keep. Keep doing, keep repeating, keep to stay with it because the enemy's not going to quit. He can't beat you. He can just wear you down. All right, just a quick survey. Has that ever happened to anybody? Has the enemy ever worn you down? Okay, thank you. I want to make sure I'm in the right group. The enemy, you weren't defeated. He just wore you down to the point that you quit. So you didn't lose, you quit. He can't, we cannot be defeated. You understand that? You, you cannot, it is impossible for you to be defeated because he is already defeated. Period. On Calvary's cross, he's, from that day on, he's been defeated. When Jesus got up on resurrection ground, that's still the deal. The devil's been defeated. He hadn't won a battle since then. Only thing he's ever been able to do is wear people down by his persistence. And people just say, I'm just tired. And you quit. Tell you that, but you cannot lose. Ever. But you can quit. Anytime. Did you catch that? Tell him you can't lose. Ever. But you can quit. Anytime. And that's what the devil's counting on. That, Y'all understand that? Man, this is so good. I wish I knew this 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I wish I knew this 20 years ago. I could not lose. But I can quit. And that's what the devil is counting on, people just quitting. Fanning in the way. Right. Getting weary. Be not weary and well-doing. If, you, if you, you reap if you do not faint. Then it says in Proverbs, if you faint in the day of adversity, why? Your, it's because your strength is small. So not having enough strength, you faint in the day of adversity. The day when your adversary, his persistence just simply wore you down. I'm fighting a good fight of faith, but he's fighting against you tooth and nail. He kicking too. That's why it's a fight. But you don't have to fight him. He is defeated. You're fighting. You're, you have to cast down these imaginations in you. 
pull down the strongholds in your own mind. Of it's not, not going to work out or it's, 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 I'm limited. No, 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 no. I shall live and not die. Yes, that's right. Come on here. God will supply my needs. Hallelujah. My household will be saved. They cutting the food. My household will be saved. They acting a monkey. My household will be saved. My seed is blessed. I'm righteous. I fear the Lord. I delight in his commandments. My seed will be mighty in the earth. My generation will be blessed. You just cannot let that buster wear you out. No, I'm going to keep on going. Just going to keep on going. I know I've been, I've been saying this for the last two weeks, but it's just important. We just got to keep on going. You know why you got to keep on going? Let me Because we're about to break into a whole new realm. We're about to break into a whole new dimension. See, oh God. We were saying this this morning. See, in the world is like wide and vast. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. But as you now transition from the world to the kingdom, you have to move in through a tight space. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, the eye of a needle didn't mean a needle like you saw it. It's talking about this, this, this place he had to pass through with all his cargo. Now, before he gets to that eye, it's wide open space. But to get to this other side, he has to squeeze himself get down on his knees, shuffle to get through this little space, but when he gets through the space, it's back to wide open space. Did you catch that? You just, you just got to get through it, Pauline. Tell your neighbor, you just got to get through it. You just, you just got to get through it. That's all. You just got to get through it. It's going to open up again. It's going to open up wide open for you again. You just got to get through it. The devil's just putting a squeeze on. But don't let that buster wear you out. You just got to get through it. It's going to break wide open again for you in just a few days. Hallelujah. It's just a little space. I just got to get that little space. And once I get through this, once I get through this little moment, what what the what she just got about? What about Kitara? What what the Bible calls a season of heaviness? Peter called it that. Though you go through a season of heaviness through manifold temptations, that's what Peter said. Season of heaviness through manifold various temptations. That means the devil knows when you're about to change seasons. When you're about to change levels, when you're about to go to a new dimension, a new place in your life, he brings manifold temptations that tries to bring a season of heaviness. It's like, oh, this is rough. But if you can just break through it. Anybody ever driven through a tunnel? You, got a, you might have a four-lane road. Everybody changing lanes, zooming, everything. But to get to the, your next place, you got to go through this little dark tunnel, short, long, however it is, it's dark. And you know, you ain't no changing lanes much in no tunnel. It might be two lanes tops, you know, two lanes going this way, two tops. In other words, all the traffic gets squeezed down. You can't get fearful in the tunnel. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, because once I make it through this little all of a sudden now you begin to see light. Oh. There it is again. Now you can take off and zoom, get where you were trying to be. See, it's called a season of happiness. Just a season. It's just a season. Tell your neighbor, just a season. If you want to manifest anything out of the kingdom of God, you must have persistent faith. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time, but let me show you something here. <laughs> Y'all remember Sunday? Woman, the woman with this your blood? She squeezed through. Persistent faith. Remember Jairus? He squeezed through. Jesus told him to have persistent faith. Jesus told him, hey, have faith. Or fear not, believe only. Fear not, believe only. I told him this morning, we talked about fear this morning in prayer. I told him, you know, you, you, fear, fear damages your heart. That's what, that's what Jesus said in Luke 21. Men's hearts failed them for fear. So as much as it, people in the world talk about heart disease, heart disease is because mainly from fear. Men's hearts failed them for fear. But the Bible says, when the Lord build with courage, and he will what? Strengthen your heart. So you can strengthen your heart through faith. Your heart is the center of everything. Your heart feeds everything. Your whole cardiovascular system depends on your heart operating. Your heart, you, so you got to make sure your heart, your heart is good. Your heart is good. So you can't let fear into your heart. Let fear into your heart and you're in trouble. It's going it's to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your, your job. It's going to affect your business. It's going to affect your career. It's going to affect your health. You let fear get in there, boy, it's going to affect everything because your heart is a center. Just like your engine is the center of your car. It doesn't matter if you got an Alfa Romeo or Maybach or Mercedes or you go, if the engine is what runs everything. So you can't, you can't have put water in that engine and expect it to run. And you can't put gas and water in there. You got to put in it what it needs. I say you got to put in it what it needs. The just live by faith, just like an engine runs on gas. The just, so you got to make sure you keep putting faith in your heart and feed faith in your heart. And if you do get some water in that, in that thing, you got to flush it out, D. How you flush it? You don't flush out water with more water. You flush out water with gas. You got to pump faith. You got to pump. You got to over pump. Faith, 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 faith. So all that fear is driven out of there. And now your engine can run properly. Got it? You can't afford to let your strength get small by this fear. Because it'll come and discourage you, get you off track, and make you quit. Hallelujah. Man. I want to break off from here.
And by faith, you're going to access your inheritance. What's already yours. Everybody say, healing is mine. Healing is mine. Provision is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Your inheritance covers a lot. Children, that's an inheritance. That's, that's, that's a right. Did y'all hear that? Anybody believing for a child? Children, it's the right. Psalm 127, I think, is verse 4, 4, four 5, somewhere it says, uh, children are the heritage, are a heritage from the Lord. So, to have a child is part of your inheritance. Well, it's too late. I turned 40. Come here, Elizabeth. Children are your inheritance. Joy is your inheritance. Righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. You have a right to have joy all the time, not be sad, grieving, moping, mad, nothing. Just always, always be delightful. Anything robbing your joy, you better just get it up out of there. Because it's your right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop here. Because I want, I want Sunday, I'll, I'll get into this Luke 11 and Luke 18. Because we're going to be asking for some stuff. And I'm going to show you, it's, it's, your, it's your, wealth is your inheritance. So you don't back down because you lost your job. Your job had nothing to do with your inheritance. God doesn't need you to have a job for you to enjoy an inheritance. Nothing wrong with a job. I'm not talking about that, D-girl, right? I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is when, when, when failure happens, that does not negate your inheritance. It just means that the enemy is at work. He's doing what he's going to do. He's doing his job. You got to make sure you keep doing your job. What's my job? John 6, 29, my work is to believe. That's why Jesus, when, <laughs> when they came and told Jairus, Jairus, hey, you don't need to believe anymore. Um, your daughter is dead. She was sick. Jesus took too long. Did y'all catch that? This is what they're saying. Jesus took too long. He ain't come through. Like your daughter's going to come through. And it's too late. She is dead. The Bible says Jesus answered him. He answered Jairus. He answered Jairus. Jairus? But Jairus hadn't said anything that we, that's recorded. But Jesus could look at his face. Jesus could look at Jairus' face and know, uh-oh. He saw his face. So that's why the Bible says Jesus answered him. Jairus' face said fear had gotten in there. Jairus' face said doubt and unbelief was creeping in. So he answered him and said, 
Fear not. Believe only. Only let belief work in there. He said, Jairus, be persistent. You've come this far. You've come this far, Jairus. You broke all tradition. You broke all protocol. You broke all the, the commonalities of your people to reach out to me. Don't quit now just because she's dead. I mean, think about it. When, when he was about to quit, they were already on the way to his house. Don't quit now. Man, we on the way. We, we headed to you. So you next in line. Yo, your number was next. I already served number 78. You 79. You next. Tell your neighbor, you next. I used to be a barber. Right? I was a barber for 13 years. And, uh, you know, I was blessed by God to work in a, pretty, a fairly busy, all, all the shops we were in fairly busy, busy shops. And so, you know, when they were busy, busy days, we had numbers. You know, we didn't have professional numbers like Publix. We, had, we got business cards, whatever. We wrote numbers. One, two, you know what I'm saying? You just, numbers. How many of y'all used to go to Mr. Frank? Mr. Frank. And it says we had, we had numbers. We made them. And I can never understand why a guy would get a number and then leave. Like, how many more you got? What, what number you have? 82. What number you on? I'm on, I'm on 80. Oh man, I'm. You gonna leave? You like it's two away from you, cuz. We got twelve barbers in this shop. You mean? Y'all follow me? You just gotta stay persistent. Keep going. And um, you're 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 about to you're about to move to another dimension. I, 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 I sense this, and I know this so strong. This 2020 vision manifested, vision manifestation year is, is going gonna, is gonna to rock the world's boat. It's going to mess the world up when they see how God manifests in the lives of spiritual people. Not, not them, and probably not them, but definitely us who are spiritual we're going to step right into it. Amen? Give God a praise if you receive that tonight. I'm going to pause it here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all come Sunday. We'll keep going on this. I've got some pretty good things I want to show you here. I was going to, my, I had on here my notes I was going to deal with in Daniel uh, 3, 12 through 30 about the Hebrew boys being in the fire furnace, oh, yes. but uh, Latoya already preached that, so I'll cross that out on my notes. <laughs> she preached it, praise the Lord. But that's true. It was exactly right. 
those guys had to stand in the face of fire. Imminent death. No doubt about it. The fire, they turned the fire up seven times. Gonna let you know what's about to happen to you. And, and I put in there, I, and I had on my notes, persistence leads to promotion. That's exactly what you read and read that verse. They will promote it in the end. Amen? Your promotion is waiting on your persistence. Promotion in life, in general, in every area of your life. That's where it is right there. Amen? Praise God. Father God, we're so thankful tonight for just your goodness, and thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord, for spiritual insight into the kingdom of God that gives us a whole different outlook on the world, that we don't fear as the world fears. We don't grieve as the world grieves. We don't worry as they worry, Lord. We don't fret like they fret, Father. We know, Father, that you are on our side, that though we may have an adversary, we know we also have an advocate with, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous God. Thank you that you are on our side, and because you're on our side, you are more than the whole world against us, Father. Thank you that, God, we have the assurance that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We have the assurance, Father, Father, that God will not be visited by actual evil. We have the assurance, that God, that we will live and not die. We have the assurance, God, that you will supply all of our needs. We have all the assurances, Father, that every good work you have begun in us, you'll perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. That, God, that we, will, we have the strength through your word and by your spirit to keep going. We ask you, Lord, I ask you tonight for these, your precious people, to give us strength, grace. Let that strength, let that grace and peace be multiplied. Let it abound in us, Father. Let us walk in, in faith and walk in love in a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle of love. We don't just have to step out on faith, God. We live by faith every single day. Hallelujah. That's just how we do everything, by faith. God, we will not live like carnal men. We will not live like natural men. Therefore, we won't die like carnal and natural men. But God, we'll live as kings and priests. We'll live, Father, even as kings unto you, our God. God, I pray now that the word that has been received, that it takes root in our hearts and produces exactly what you said to produce, we pray. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Give God a grand of praise tonight if you receive that.